0: Hi, it's Ranchi with the Holistic Health Hotline. Holy moly, is it hot in the south? Oh my goodness, we've had the hottest June on record, and many of you up in the northeast have had the coldest June on record. Um, also, we've had the driest June on <laughs> record. And, uh, people down south are just melting at 197, 98, 103 degree temperatures with 60, 70 degree humidity. And, of course, um, many are getting sick and so I have to help them figure out why they're getting sick it's, it's actually quite easy um, number one it is so hot and so humid that people are, are perspiring like crazy and that initial perspiration time um, the first couple weeks that you start perspiring every day you're actually losing toxins through your skin you're bringing toxins up through your tissues and um, And they 're coming out through your skin, which is the largest organ in your body, which is a real good indicator if you 're sweating a lot and you 're not feeling well um, you 've been probably building up toxins for some time and, and you 're very toxic so it 's good that you 're sweating uh... if you 're sweating a lot and you 're and you're feeling fine that 's mostly water and not coming out of your body, but you have to remember that uh, because we are 80% water, that what's in that water is a lot of our vitamins and minerals, so you have to replenish your minerals, um, especially in the summertime when you're sweating. That's why you see so many athletes, uh, and, and not just athletes, but weekend athletes who play softball or fish or go running or biking or whatever they're doing. When they, um, when they really get into the sports or the exercise, they're, they're using electrolyte replenishers and, uh, other drinks when they all they need really is just good water that has minerals in it to replenish what they need, but they do it a lot they rehydrate um, hydration being the most important part of living, if you are dehydrated, you will die like any plant that you see out there that 's wilting because they don't have water or no access to water, not enough water. Um, there may be water in the ground, but only twenty percent instead of eighty percent. Just like you have in your bodies, and so it 's very important to hydrate uh, it 's the biggest killer. Dehydration is the biggest killer among us bigger much bigger than than heart disease or cancer or any of those named things that Western medicine does. What western medicine doesn 't realize is that they 're naming symptoms, of course. Um, I think they do realize that now, but not only are they naming symptoms they're not getting again to the cause, the cause of heart disease, often the beginning cause is dehydration, because the heart is a muscle, Yeah, uh, when it gets dehydrated from not enough fluids, and that doesn't mean tea and coffee and coke and Pepsi and all that stuff, it means water, when it doesn't have enough fluids with minerals in them, uh, the muscle starts to um, dehydrate itself and and shrink, um... crack it'll cause strain on the muscle so it'll tear and rip um, it'll ache <laughs> because it's aching for the nutrients that it needs uh... any other number of things and then eventually go to disease so the heart being a muscle the, the biggest or strongest muscle actually in the body the most active that's for sure because it's active all the time uh, when it doesn't get enough water, it will start doing all those things. It'll start deteriorating. I had, um, an interesting sequence of things happen. Now, I don't go to doctors. I haven't been to doctors since I was 14 years old. But, I am a veteran. So, I decided, um, over the last couple weeks, just to go get almost what's called a physical from Western medicine. Just to see how the government healthcare is working and also how I'm working, I guess. Um, number one, government health care. Veterans care is government health care. It's probably one of the better government health compared to Medicaid and Medicare. Not even one sixteenth as good as the, the health care that's given to our senators and congressmen for the rest of their lives on our dollars, um, based on one month of service. But, but anyway, the, the veterans health care in some places is okay. Now, what I mean by that is, they've got some of the bureaucracy um, taken care of. They know how to put things, data in computers, and get people in on in for their appointments, like on time. If you're if you have an eight thirty appointment and you get there at eight forty five, don't expect to be seen because your appointment has already been given to someone else. Because they have so many veterans who who. Um, who need these appointments, so they're very good at making sure that that's taken care of. Um, they're very good at ordering tests and, and then you go check in for your tests and you better be there on time for those. So there, Many of the healthcare centers for veterans are, are set up quite well. The problem is that the personnel, of course, who work in veterans health care and government health care are not your most advanced doctors or, or technicians or um, data analysts or any of those kinds of things they're mostly people who are very nice people most of them but they but they couldn't couldn't make it didn't want to make it on the outside so they're working for the government instead so you, you could go get many of your tests done um, but don't always trust exactly what they're seeing from the tests and you can go see a primary care physician but he's going to rely mostly on the computer and tests to figure out what's going on with you. So anyway, I, w- I went through this to see how how it all worked. And um, just so you all know, I've got a heart of a 30-year-old, according to them, and uh, um, they took blood, which I <laughs> haven't had blood taken in I don't know how long, and they did all these tests on the blood. and. and can't believe that I'm like at the levels that I'm at because they just don't understand that I should be much more deteriorated at the age of 59 than I, than I am so my heart is 30 years younger than it's supposed to be and all those kinds of things I'm sure I'm driving them them totally crazy but what I learned from this was um, that I wasn't wrong I'm not wrong about what's going to happen with government health care in our country um, the bureaucracy for the veterans is Several million veterans who use this service. A lot of veterans don't. They still use their primary, their their normal physicians or whatever, or they don't go at all, like most of us are alternative people who don't go to doctors. But um, when or if we get this so called government health care option in our country, we'll have 133 million people in this bureaucracy, um, which. Uh, should be stifling for years because there's just no way to keep up with that data and that's only now. I mean, you know, next year it's 135 and then the following year it's 138 and uh, it just keeps on going and going. So the government will never catch up to everything that it needs to do. The um, uh, The physicians who might be out there or or are going to school now or whatever are not going to be the kind of western physicians that that you come to expect when you have a major problem. I talk to a lot of veterans and they say well yeah I'll go for the tests and I'll go for the x-rays and I'll do all that stuff but if I needed major surgery I'd go take out a loan or mortgage my house and go find a better doctor to do it. The problem is we won't be able to find better doctors to do those things or you won't. to, to do the major things, the specific things, the specialist stuff, because they won 't be here, we are not going to provide the education we 're not going to provide the support we 're not going to provide the income or the the futures for many of the people who are innovators or um, the the most advanced in in medical care. They're going to go elsewhere. They're just going to go elsewhere. And I know if I was a kid and I was going to become a doctor and I was hearing all of this, I'd say, all right, well, where can I practice where I can actually practice, get paid, not have some cap on my income by the amount of work and dedication I'm putting in? Um, and know that I'm going to have a viable practice after all the years that I put in to keep learning this stuff. And, and it wouldn't be here under the government. Now, what you're being told by Obama is that they're just going to use, it's an option. Okay. <clears throat> we have a government option and you have a private option. Now, I am a small business person. And I will say this again. If I have 20 employees under me and I'm paying $400 a month for, uh, health coverage for each employee and the government comes out with its option which because it's the government and they just have this access to unlimited money don't they no they don't they've broken the coffers but um they are non-competitive in a free market so they lower the cost they undercut everybody so their health care which will look similar because the plan will look the same it's just the people populating the plan won't be as good but it will look the same I'll only cost employers fifty dollars a month okay as a small business person which one do you think i'm going to choose you'll be happy right as an employee because you've got health care and it's covered by your employer um, or they are instituting a fine on individuals or families who don't purchase health care I boy have I written on this one I've written letters like crazy and told these idiots that many people don't have Western health care and don't want it okay now if I was in a car accident my automobile insurance will cover a lot of the stuff that I might need done right away like stop the bleeding and and, you know save the arm or whatever Um, I don't want health care from the government or anybody else I don't want health care nobody around me who works with me or works through me or most of my friends or whatever don't want health care either so we're gonna get fined a thousand dollars or more per year put into our taxes which becomes a tax on not being covered um, which goes into the treasury coffers, okay, to be used to give to other countries or whoever they want to. That's money laundering, by the way. Um, uh, and, and with the statement from Congress being this way, we can recoup the costs at maybe $10 billion per year because they know people are going to take the fines versus buying the health care. So this is how they're going to pay—not just for the initial cha- transition, but um, build up some more taxation dollars into into their pockets to do with as they will. I would get on the phones and the faxes and the emails and um, and talk. Get all of your representatives. You know, don't just go to your two senators. You have two senators. That's the Senate, but you have a whole bunch of representatives from all these districts in each of your states, and you need to get a hold of them and tell them you don't want this. Does it mean that they 're going to listen to you? Um, probably not. We are no longer represented for our tax dollars. Do you remember in uh, Independence Day, it was just two days ago? one of the reasons that we celebrate that is our our it 's a declaration of being separate from a taxing authority, King George, who was not only um, a, a major taxing authority, but a total tyrant. So we have Tea Parties going on all over the country. I just, I, you know what I feel about those. It's like, okay, first of all, stop calling them parties because the word means something different than it did in, in the 1700s. Um, number two, by splintering our people of the United States into these little 2,000 or 3,000 person groups, um, you are giving in to the enemy because one of the major things that you, strategies in war is to divide and conquer so to have these splintered groups rather than a large group doing and saying what it needs to do and say um, you're losing <clears throat> it, most of the Tea Parties weren't covered at all for the whole weekend and that wasn't just because of Michael Jackson or, or whatever it's because the is not going to cover these little groups of people protesting um, and and then the government people who are supposed to be listening are then going to believe that they are small and and few and far between. Now there will be a larger march on Washington in September. The 912 Coalition is doing that, um, and I think it's for September 12th. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Um, and they're hoping for, you know, hundreds of thousands of people in one place. But the longer that this goes on, I mean, that's still a few months away. And it, imagine what's going to happen with this administration in three months. Um, so in the meantime, while you're waiting for all these larger demonstrations, you need to, to get on the horn and start really, really just bugging the hell out of all of the staffers who take care of these representatives and, and, and uh, senators and tell them that you don't want government health care. Okay now I, i've talked to very smart people who are friends or, or kind of friends and acquaintances who have been for years who say single payer is important, and we need single payer to cover everybody you 're still not going to cover everybody with this number one, and the ones that they 're concentrating on are people who never worked or don 't want to um, work who would mostly qualify for Medicaid if they would stay in one place and find a place to live and and dedicate themselves to being Americans, but they're the ones who will be able to go anywhere and get health care. You won't, (laughs) because even though it's nationalized, um, I can't imagine what's going to happen with our society in our multiple United States uh, when you have this so-called government option how you're going to be traveling from Illinois to Idaho and have a problem when your child breaks out with a rash and you take her to a doctor or an emergency room when you're not covered in that state um, by any of your options that you got from the government because they're not totally under the government plan. <laughs> and therefore, you'll you know you'll have to go somewhere else. So put the kid back in the car and go drive to a state that, that takes your kind of health insurance. Um, I guess that's when finally people will start paying attention and know that there's a major problem with all of this and unfortunately it's going to be the children who end up suffering because you know they are dependent on us not independent and their dependence will cause them to stay sick or die because of our inability to wake up and you've heard about that inability all week if you paid any attention to the Michael Jackson thing uh, how he was probably addicted to anesthesia, needed anesthesia, a, a, a drug that is an anesthetic, to actually go to sleep. I said, what's the connection there between uh, what we need to learn and, and um, this icon? And I just said, that's easy. You know, I think most of our country is addicted to anesthesia. Not a drug in a bottle that you have to beg for or, or use phony names to get. <clears throat> it's, the, it's the anesthesia and the apathy. It's, um, I just want to go to sleep and not pay attention to anything that's going on and let the government take care of it and it'll all be better in the morning. Um, so what's the lesson? The lesson is that you, you keep doing this and you're not going to wake up. Um, your body will, in your life will become so toxic that uh, you'll be acidic, number one. You'll be dehydrated like he was, and which our country is becoming very dehydrated, not fluid whatsoever. And, um, and you'll get so addicted <coughs> to not paying attention and not knowing the truth and not knowing what's going on that, that um, you'll finally take that final cocktail, that final dose, and, and you won't wake up. And who does it affect? Again, it affects the children. And that's the biggest question. What's going to happen to the children? Where are they going to live? Who are they going to live with? Who's going to fight for them? And if you put that again back on a global scale, or or just down to an American scale, um, we are all the same. We're doing the same thing to our children, and the same questions will come up. Who are they going to live with? How are they going to live? Who's going to fight for them? I mean, it, it doesn't even matter. And you see with his family, this is another lesson. It doesn't truly matter who the biological mother was or who the father was or who um, the intentions were to have these children. It's, it's that whose children are they? Well, it doesn't matter because they're our children. Okay? And our children on a global scale are going through exactly the same thing as michael jackson's children doesn't matter whose children they were who, who the sperm donor was or the egg donor at this point doesn't even matter it's who was bringing them up who was caring for them who did they love and who did they lose and uh, these kids have lost and I, i'm most concerned uh, not just for his kids but for kids anyway when they lose that, um, that figure in their life that they can touch and hold and hug and and truly love and, and, and whether that figure is biological or not if that's the guidance that they needed for being humans that's their parent on earth uh, when they lose that parent it's, it's, um, they turn into beings that are bouncing off walls like little electrons that are just out of control And that's not just kids bouncing off walls, but you start if you look at Michael Jackson's own history. He had two parents who lived at home, but he had one that beat him. He was very lonely, and so he really lost part of his family. And when he when he lost his brothers, when they started splitting up and going in different directions, he lost the connection to family. And so he spent the the rest of his life, after his late twenties, searching for that same thing. So for twenty years. He kept searching, and he kept going more and more downhill until he was so toxic and addicted to not feeling and not being able to to uh, wake up to the truth. Um, put himself to sleep, and, and it's like putting a dog down. You put yourself to sleep, and you don't wake up again. So <clears throat> take the lessons from all these. You know, people are in our lives for a reason, and, and people like Michael Jackson or, or whoever who have... Um, moved on, were there to teach us many things, not just through their music or their transformation of energy, which he did for so many millions. He transferred his pain into a, a musical energy that ended up expressing through people that he touched everywhere, millions and hundreds of millions of people, um, and translated into love so that they loved him back. I don't know many who can do that. Or who have done that, but he did. But in 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 all of that, he his own search for love of self, his um, for his own family, for a family that he could call his own, for his parent on earth. His own search for all those things um, frustrated him and hurt him to the point where he hurt himself. So we have to start looking at that and and look at our own lives and say, okay, I have parents or I don't have parents. Or my parents were no good, they beat me up. Or my parents were awful because they did this and that and the other. Well then, deal with it. Because they were just humans who did their thing. and, And you have to get beyond that pain and beyond that memory become independent of how they have imprinted you to start becoming a better person. And that's that search for humanity, that's that search for divinity after humanity, where you look to the higher parent, the higher self, and then the higher parent, um, to try to be like that higher parent. Who's your higher parent? God should be. Whether that energy at the moment is a father energy or a mother energy, it's God. God's energy energy. Don't turn it into a gender war. Don't turn it into sexism. Um, Turn it into the energy that it is, that God energy who is the parent, who is trying to guide you. And, of course, all these years you've been rebelling, haven't you? And if you don't believe in your parents, then what? If you don't believe in God, you you have to believe in something. If so, if you don't believe in God, what are you believing in? You? You're the all-powerful? you can make anything happen all by yourself or do you believe in the drugs you're taking the antidepressants and the painkillers you don't think that your your Aleve and your Tylenol are painkillers that you're addicted to? painkillers? well, if that's what you believe in, that's what you'll die from I've told people for years about Tylenol being the same kind of thing that embalms people And suddenly, this week, it comes out that Tylenol can hurt you. Duh. (laughs) But people take Tylenol every day. Or Aspirin every day. Or, you know, or Aleve, or whatever, because they need painkillers. Now, you need the pain to move forward. Pain's a gift. You need the emotional pain or the physical pain to say something's wrong. I'm out of balance emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually. And therefore need to ask my parents who are in heaven or wherever you believe they are um, what I need to do to become a better person and get back into balance And when you ask those spiritual questions you reflect back to the physical body and the humanity that's within you and you become a better human and you don't get addicted to painkillers you don't get addicted to anesthesia you don't dehydrate dry up and blow away you actually start being one of the best plants, the only best plant on earth that thrives and blossoms and grows and continues year after year just to shoot up, you know, different branches, shoot out different leaves, um, provide the energy that you need to provide for those around you, whether that's shade or, or breeze or just a quiet thought. You become the human plant on earth that is vibrant, and colorful, and different, and unique, and strong, and hearty, um, evergreen, and ever-blossoming. And, and you become all those things that you were meant to become on earth because you've reached higher. You've reached... Um, into the parental guidance of the energy around you and said, how can I change what's going on because I'm out of balance, I'm, d- I'm drying up, I'm um, dependent on people, I'm dependent or codependent on too many things, I'm dependent on the government, I'm dependent on painkillers, I'm dependent on anesthesia so I never wake up. Change those things. Because you're being shown, you're being nudged, you're being given all of the clues. About what's going on with you, um, the energy bill. Well, we you we move right into that. The energy bill is the same problem, passed in Congress by people twisting other people's arms during a barbecue on the White House lawn, which just upsets the hell out of me. Um, and it's another taxation that is <clears throat> based on falsehood. It's based on lies, and then caught and then pushed in fear. Um, If you don't believe that this earth is going to take care of itself and that God has earth in mind all the time as the largest soul that we have around us, then you have to go back and find out why you don't believe those things. Yes, we do a lot to destroy this earth. You don't think earth knew that before we got here? Earth didn't say, all right, I'll take them on. I know they're going to throw things on me and and try to pollute my systems and breathe weird things and create all this stuff that could make me sick, but I will find ways to heal myself. I'll I'll erupt when I have to and blow things away when I have to. And um, if I uh, get a fever or... uh, you know, which is like a drought or a heat wave, like we have now. I will find ways also to flush out the toxins, which will be flooding and rains and hurricanes. I will do all those things because Earth said, "I will. I am part of God's soul, and I will take on the souls of all these people." and And I know how they're going to try to hurt me because they're human. <clears throat> so we don't need this. A clean energy bill, which is a cap and trade tax, which is all based on cronyism, and uh, uh, again, some more money laundering into the Treasury Department, which has become way too powerful now. And mix that with the with the Federal Reserve, and we've got a tyranny under our hands. But you know, you, you all know not want to hear about coups, right? <coughs> the uh, coup in Honduras. I had a couple Honduran um, roofers here a couple of weeks ago and uh... it's interesting that i mostly don't see hondurans here i see mexicans or whatever who do the work but these were two were from honduras and uh... so i said okay something's gonna happen in honduras and sure enough so there's this coup this takeover in honduras and what does our president say it was an illegal coup well that was a slip of the tongue how can you have a legal coup what is a legal coup versus an illegal coup Look at what has happened since last year's campaign until today, whenever you're hearing this, and you'll see what they consider to be, in this country, a legal coup, a legal takeover of the government with the idea of transforming that government into a different kind of government that they want you to live under. I weep for my country. That's how toxic it has become go to earthwalk read all the things that you can read, pass this word on to other people and of course whenever you're listening to the podcast you can go to the podcast pages there are more than a hundred different podcasts on all different kinds of things on heat and bugs and games and questions of independence and energy and health care and all those different things that are always associated with the mind body and spirit and are depleting our minds bodies and spirits uh, I'll be back in a few days. This is Rena G. Thanks for listening.